What up, mountain athletes? Corey here. I want to talk to you about supplements. Uh, they can be so confusing. You don't know which ones to take. You don't know if you're taking a trusted brand. Uh, you're reading different stuff. Your friends are telling you stuff. Stop stressing. We got you here at Mountain Wellness. Head over to our website at mountainwellnesslife.com. Click on the menu tab and you'll see supplements. Once you're there, you will be able to shop and browse all of the trusted brands that we carry here at Mountain Wellness, like Thorn Research, Peer Encapsulations. Uh, but the best part is, if you set up a personal profile, if you have any questions, I can answer them personally. So maybe you don't know, even know what to take. Uh, I can answer those right there on your profile. Also, we have protocols that are already set up for general nutrition, uh, as far as just general daily protocols, um, and even specific protocols for gut. So head over to our website at mountainwellnesslife.com, click on the menu tab and you'll see supplements and you'll be on your way to browsing and shopping all the trusted brands here at Mountain Wellness. Anxiety, stress, sleep, asthma, exercise-induced bronchoconstriction are all becoming epidemic in our population, especially in endurance sports. It's time to get control of our nervous system and respiratory performance. The best way to do this is through performance breathing. Two landmark studies have been done. The Framingham study and the study out of Buffalo University discovered that how long you live is primarily determined by how well you breathe. Yet very little is mentioned about breathing in our population. Not only did we at Mountain Wellness develop the methodology for breathing for the mountain athlete in the most demanding environments in the world, we went beyond that with our closed balance system, testing it on multiple mountain passes at 10, 12, 13, and even on the summit of Mount Whitney multiple times 14,000 feet. Because if you know how to thrive up there, you will crush your pursuits at 7, 8, 9, and 10,000 feet, reducing mountain sickness increasing hydration, getting more oxygen delivery. This course covers everything to create the most optimal respiratory performance currently available. Head to mountainwellnesslife.com. Under the tab courses, you can see the full outline of everything we offer in our online video training course. Whether you want to improve your health and longevity or want the best available strategy for the mountains on race day, we have you covered. Mountain Wellness, optimizing human performance, to extend longevity for mountain athletes. What up, mountain athletes? Welcome to another episode of the Mountain Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Bree, and I'm joined, as always, with my mountain brother and co-host, Mr. Mike Mahina. What's going on, dude? Ah, California to Big Motown. I mean, it's just... Big Mo-Mo. Yeah. The images had, I think it was Michael <laughs> Barker that posted some, uh, just the frozen tundra of Montana, man. And like you've been saying that Montana is this wild place that's just, it's amazing. Yeah. It's the last wild place. Um, we were talking about that last night, I yeah. think. Other than Wyoming and the lower 48... Uh, living here five years now, a little over five years. Like it's just different than any other place that, uh, yeah. I've ever been, especially lived, but living somewhere, as you know, you really get to, you really get to know it. 
But it's, tr- uh, it's but truly it's historical. ass cold right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think it's 18 below zero. <laughs> um, so. And, uh, bison, do bison yeah, have to live that. outdoors in that? I mean, how do bison survive that? I mean, there's got, there's wild animals that are out there surviving in like well below zero. I, I, I'm curious. I got to go figure out what they do. I know about Into the Storm. <laughs> we know about Into the Storm. I was going to say, Tell well, that story. we could get an animal expert, but that's a little outside the... <laughs> mountain performance but i know it's on a serious note i've wondered that too like the animals that stick around through the winter um i know there's a number of bird species that that um stay here through the winter and i'm always like damn like that's crazy like elk all that they you know they're they're here and i'm sitting inside the recovery den or in my house and it's nice controlled temperature cozy and even Native Americans, I think about that, dude. Like, imagine that. Back shit. in the day, yeah, they people had to freeze to death if you make a mistake out there. <laughs> now, those teepees, though, you have to think those teepees must be amazing for heat. Just the way they're designed to be able to withstand that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, most of the native uh, tribes in this area, and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but they, I think they built lodges. So <laughs> it was like say, they built something else, man. It wasn't a. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't. I read this book. I wish I could remember it, but I, I'm pretty sure it was based off like what Dances with Wolves um, ended up, the motion picture was inspired from. But it was like basically white man went and lived with the natives, integrated with them. But he described in super detail like this, their daily life. and But they had these lodges and they were built up with timber um, and then they covered them with like buffalo hide and different hides and so heavily insulated and then they had fires inside like you know Hmm. so the way like when i read the book i just remember thinking man that actually sounds pretty cozy but you know it wasn't cozy compared to what we're living in now yeah it it was serious spoiled now oh i just had a flash of light my room and everything all the electricity just flashed so we're getting the storm that everybody's been talking about so josh we talked to last night just got blasted for no power for 24 hours and like an ice snowstorm (laughs) this whole crazy thing we haven't had much but i just had a flash of light i know we've had really high winds so we're gonna try to get through this podcast of hoping that uh nothing goes down but uh yeah, there's some wild well, I know out the, there right uh, now. Totally the um because I follow Mammoth's Instagram page and Bear Mountain and uh Wrightwood Mountain High and it's like, dude, everybody's stoked. Like you guys are forecasted to get pounded snow yeah. wise. Yeah, we it's f- been an epic season already. Yeah, no, I saw it. It's all uh, five warnings on our weather. It's like it's coming. I was like, I got to build an arc, man, because everybody's telling me it's coming. I'm like, all right, this is a um. You just made me think of what that story you tell all the time. I think one mm. of the first times I met you, but um, I think it speaks to your love for the outdoors and uh, extreme weather and, and extreme environments. But you have that too. Um, but yeah, yeah. But the uh, I don't know if it was one time in particular. Or you did it every time, but when it was big old storm was forecasted, you hit it up to the mountains when you were like 15, <laughs> I did that 16 multiple years old. Times. <laughs> Let's hear it. I want to. It's such a good one. Well, the best one was so. In order to get up the mountain before they close the roads, you have to get up there uh, by like before six in the morning before the highway patrol pulled up, locked, closed the gates, and started turning people around. So I learned that if you bolt up there beforehand, you can get all the way to the top, and they just don't even know because <laughs> they figured no one's dumb enough to be up here at this hour. So. 
I went up, uh, and it was an Alaskan storm warning, which I don't, we don't get a lot of Alaskan storms. I don't know how they work, but when they blow down, it's a certain kind of storm, very cold and often heavy, you know, heavy weather. And so that particular weekend, I'll never forget because it was predicted for an Alaskan storm. And I think there was actually two times that I hit one of those just right on the weekend. I mean, it was amazing. Drive up in my soccer mom minivan, you know, gassing it up this hill. <laughs> it's all carpeted in the back. Got that shag carpet going on with a paneling on the wall. Like, I got this, man. I was like, <laughs> yeah. So I get to the top and uh, pull out my pack. I had some cross-country skis. I, I struggle on them because I don't even know how to ski with a 40-pound pack on. I'm like, falling every 10 steps. <laughs> and I get back there. And it happens to be that the ski patrol on one of these weekends was up there. They were... Uh, they knew they were expecting people to come in on the weekend just for the day, and so so they had uh, a couple guys staying in. And, and when I saw them, they came out to talk to me, like, "Okay, what's this idiot doing out here in the parking lot? <laughs> There's nobody up there." And uh, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna go spend the night." And they're like, "Well, what kind of bag do you got?" I mean, they're going through all my gear because they're like, "We're getting reports that it's like gonna be like below zero up here, like like 18 below zero. So I'm like, "Well, I got a zero bag, you know, I should be all right, or I can always sleep in my van or whatever." And, they're like, nah, we're not really fond of any of those ideas. We'd like you to just hang out in the trailer with us. Uh, and so on that one, I acquiesced. I was like, you know what? I trust you guys because you guys same idiots like me all the time. So I'm not going to be one of those guys. They're like, no, no, I got this, man. So I did. I spent on that particular occasion, I spent the night in their trailer. We played Jenga. We had all these great conversations about search and rescue. And the one guy I never forget told me because I go, That's you know rad. what? I like the search and rescue thing. I'd like to maybe try out for this. And he goes, well, let me give you some insight. He goes, for search and rescue, it's 90% boredom and 10% sheer terror. <laughs> I was like, really? He's like, yeah. It's like, I, He goes, it's just like you're not a lot of time. There's nothing going on. You're sitting around. And then all of a sudden, it's just on. And I thought, it's that's just, very interesting. You know, He gave me some insight. And I thought, I don't know if I, I wanted that's for me. Like, I, I, so anyways, that was one time. Another time I was out there and, and it was just uh, me and my cousin who had never been in the mountains. He's like 13 years old. And I took him up there and it's snowing all night, dude. Like snowflakes, just the size of like a 50 cent piece coming down all night. And I was afraid we were going to get stuck. So like five in the morning, as soon as a break of light, I'm like, we got to get out of here now. So we packed up and we're trying to get off of this. We're at about 9,000 feet on a summit uh, in the Fraser Park, Mount Pinos. And so we're, we're trying to get down this, this, uh, around the summit, trying to get to the parking lot. We get there. There's like, again, one or two vehicles left. There's a forerunner, Toyota forerunner. And he's like, he looks at my soccer van and he's like, yeah, I'll go out front and I'll try to dig us a path and you just follow along. And I'm like, all right. So we're going down this mountain and it's just snowing. It's actually beautiful though. I mean, I don't know if any, how many of you've ever been in the middle of a, like oh, a I love, yeah, freaking blizzard. It it's like storming like that. And yeah, it's, it's dead it. quiet and it's just, it's, it's breathtaking. And then as I'm looking forward through my window, I see the forerunner just, just come to a stop and just <laughs> kind of just comes to a stop. And I'm like, what's up with him? And I realize he's gone into a snowbank and he can't even go forward anymore. So I don't know how he managed to drive into the bank, but I guess it was enough on the road that it just kind of pulled him off into the bank and he was done. Out. Yeah. Luckily, I had a shovel with me. So we were out there uh, under his forerunner for like an, like a half an hour to an hour just trying to get the right position to get out of there. Meanwhile, it's still snowing like dogs. And you're like, are we going to make it down this mountain? Are we going to make it down this mountain? <laughs> so yeah, those were just moments that were uh, I'll never forget. And it made me fall in love with the backcountry and just 
the different experiences you can have. You know, Corey, it's like it could be warm and sunny on a lake or it could be snowing five feet of snow and it's just a completely, it's an incredible experience. We had that one time in the Sierras uh, when we were with my dad Mm. and Cameron Mm -hmm. and uh, we backpacked up into uh, Saddlebag Lake. Lake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the Barney Lake Trail and remember those giant thunderheads are coming in and, and uh, we ended up getting back to the campground, but same type of thing. Like we were pretty far up in the Canyon and uh, above 10,000 feet. And we ended up getting back to the campground and it just, it was like a combination of snow and rain, but yeah, I love like great times, maybe not necessarily in the moment, but um, reflecting back, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of cool, but that was a, r- a rough one. We had a couple days in the tent that was just like yeah, there, straight up pounding us. There's a limit to what, you know, you want to experience. I remember it was, I think it was Kurt Wedberg who did Everest told us about the, uh, or I, actually I read a post. He was talking about actual lightning balls that roll across the ground. They can go for miles and they're literally balls of electricity, um, that roll across the ground. And I was like, I don't want to yep. see one of those. <laughs> it's terrifying. I've only experienced that one time and I was backpacking in Telluride with uh, Brian Schwartz and K- actually Kayla was there and uh, a few other friends and um, big old thunderstorm came through. As you probably know, Mike, Colorado, the Rockies are like notorious for afternoon thunderstorms because it's ah. just dry there. And But yeah, just like it was literally... Uh, the ground electrified, like you could, uh, you could feel it. It oh, was man. similar to when you take a balloon and rub your head and like that static, it, like you could feel every all the part hairs of your rising body, on your but, arms and everything. <laughs> yeah. And then there was like these rolling snaps, um, all around us. Like oh, it man. was seriously terrifying. Like I've never, dude, remember that story? Oh, I've um, been in it dude, where you can smell it. I can also smell the burnt, like there's a burnt smell in the air and you're like, I can smell electricity time to go (laughs) yeah dude and i I just thought of our friend matt robertson he shared a gnarly story on facebook of getting caught in a a thunderstorm or electrical storm on a climb on like a multi-pitch climb Mm. i don't know if you recall the one i'm talking about but it was him and his buddy and they just had to hunker down and just ride it out and he said lightning was just striking all around him and I can only imagine like it's already you and I did a few multi-pitch climbs and it in uh well I guess we did it in a more extreme weather event which was a, a, a fire it was a big old forest fire going on so we had the horrible air quality and it was hot but uh, yeah. um like but what I'm getting at is like it's already in my opinion like you're already pretty vulnerable and exposed when you're climbing and if I you- can't even Man, if you're stuck in an electrical storm, (laughs) if you're in the middle of a climb, dude, and you're halfway somewhere and the sky's turned black, like that's the worst possible. Like you just want to get the hell out of there so fast. Like, but you got to do it safely. There's no so fast. There's like, we can't make a mistake here and we got to bolt. So you got to be, you got to be in control, calm and cool while you're trying to get, get the hell out of there. Because I've been in, I mean, I've been up in the Sierras just this last trip we went on where the sky just turns black and you're like, that looks, that does not look right. Like, you know, it's going to come down somewhere. It's deep, right? It's like a demonic black. Yeah. And it makes (laughs) you walk faster. Literally, Like you could be tired and your back's hurting. You're like, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm, you just start running. You start fast stepping it down the mountain. 
but like, you know what, like getting, like, think about this though, on like a real deep, like just our connection to nature. Mm. Like that's a, just where we came from response too. Yep. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's why it's so important to get out there and experience those things because the feeling that Mike's talking about where you're just like, okay, it's time to like find shelter. Like there's, there's a lot that we can't explain biologically, like mm-hmm. just the things that we're picking up in our environment. And I think the more we get out there and push, push the limits, our own limits, or at least uh, find out what they are. That's when we kind of, that's when the uh, adventures happen. Well, and, and Real this, adventure. But let's be honest, like the work, work, you know, that we've been doing and, and, and studying and working with shift adapt and, and Emily and Brian, we're yeah. learning that, the nervous system, I have to think that the nervous system, even though it has these, ain't probably not, I don't know if you want to call it ancient, but old sensory systems that have been around for a long time in the way it processes fear, the nervous system processes information, all the sensories and everything. It's like, you have to think that now living in a city, someone, you know, that, it, that it's, it's slowly getting remapped into a different different states and different things may cause those same triggers of fear. We know all of that, but it's so interesting to me that it has to be altering it all. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, it's a perfect tee off to our conversation today. Um, Mike and I wanted to talk about habits and um, kind of explore some of our, our routines and habits <laughs> that we've talked about over the years. <laughs> I got a protocol But also for you. see if we're <laughs> c- continue, like if we're, we're, we're still doing them. Um, and if we are, are we doing them the same or have they changed? And some of the new ones. And I, and to, to your point, Mike, like mine have changed a lot based on the, the more knowledge that I've gained about the nervous system. Yeah. So I think a good one to, to kick off with is a uh, breath work. Cause hmm. I mean, we've talked about breath work so much, uh, on this podcast, Mike and I are big believers in it. It's, probably the lowest hanging fruit in human performance. It's the foundation of performance of health for that matter for health. And yeah, Um, exactly. Like, so, but how has it changed for us over the years? Like, cause we're definitely in a different place now. And I think that's, that's an interesting thing is we've, we've evolved. Yeah. Totally. And we've talked a lot about how to prepare for altitude as it relates to breath work and respiratory training on this podcast. And, um, today we're just like, man, we're just going to share about our personal experience. Uh, but like for me, what's changed a lot is there, I've learned that there's a place for some of our protocols, our particular protocols for training for altitude yet if done in excess or too much and, uh, and even outside of our personal protocols for altitude training, um, as it relates to resp- respiratory training, breath work, also just a Wim Hof style, like superventilation or hyperventilation. And if we, what, what Mike and I have really learned about the nervous system, and I know this from doing massage therapy and body work, uh, understanding the, the dance between the parasympathetic response and sympathetic response. But Mike and I learned it at, at the shift clinic um, down in LA you know, like a when we're talking about breath work, we can modulate our nervous system in ways that we may not realize. So if we're doing superventilation, hyperventilation, or 
altitude, like intermittent hypoxic breath holds or like basically like super ventilation. It's very sympathetic driven. And if we were in, in my case, um, because we were doing a lot of testing and developing the certain protocols for altitude training, I was doing that ton. I was doing a, a, a lot, um, in combination with like heat and sauna and, you know, that caused me to think a little bit like, all right, you know, I'm doing a lot of high intensity workouts, a lot of strength training and, um, I'm mixing yoga and some things in here and there, but I was very sympathetic driven in a lot of my activities and my pursuits. So I was like, you know what? We know how powerful breath work is as it relates to modulating the nervous system. Like I need to be using breath work for me personally, more as a recovery and down a regulatory tool. Well, so and, and to, that's been my big change with breath work. And to re and to rewind a little bit more on you and I, I think that both of us are, we both just, <laughs> we both have that a type personality where we're, we get passionate and we do a lot of things and we get, we put everything into what we're doing. And I think, I know for me, I overwhelm myself and I, and I can, I can put too many things on the plate at one time and then try to thrive and bounce around doing all these things. But when you add on top of your nervous system already in all of these states of, of high production, and then you add a like <laughs> a CrossFit workout, a breath work that's super ventilation on top of all that. It's all up regulation, man. There's no and so you you know yep. you, you can I used, I was fatigued for a long time, man. You know there was a good year where I was trail running and doing all these things, low on supplements, uh, yeah. a lot of stuff in my plate. I was fatigued, and I was like trying to find the answer. I'm like, why am I so fatigued? <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense now, you know. So there was a big alteration that's been taking place for me doing the blood work with Inside Tracker. You and I, you know, all right, looking at yeah, doing real in depth <laughs> blood work that helped me, mm -hmm. like seeing certain biomarkers um, related to that, or not related to that, but just seeing where biomarkers were and being like, okay, well, and my cortisol looked good. But I was just going to mention that you know that type of like uh, chronic stimulus, sympathetic drive, also. Uh, affects it the adrenals like when you're constantly having a lot of adrenaline and cortisol's up like stress related hormones um you know that's could potentially be what you were feeling too just like that sort of burnout so that's been a big change for me like mm -hmm. i get excited now with the opportunity to do my breath work like it was always you know because let's be honest like wim hof for me was um that was what really hooked me because of the endorphins and, um, to, you know, how get that feeling of almost passing out and being like, okay, there's something to this and, and not in a, uh, uh, in a way that was like bad. I don't mean like passing out, like, but, but you got a reaction. Yeah. I got a reaction. And like you got the serotonin. You know, just take a deep breath. You got oxy, you yep, got hormones exactly. that made you feel good. Cause they're the feel good hormones. So it's almost like a freaking orgasm. Like, have <laughs> That's it. And I was doing it right. I was at, I was doing it with cold in the beginning. I think other, what's happening these days too, is people are just doing the breathing superventilation yeah. Wim Hof type of work and they're not incorporating the cold and cold has some different aspects to it, which mm -hmm. is a great, um, unless you want to add anything else to, you know, the breath work, uh, that was going to be the next one. It was cold plunges or just cold therapy. <laughs> right. 
They have their place. I, I honestly, I've been trying to get back to it. I'm actually interested in doing it again uh, because of the feeling I get after. Again, I don't. I don't know that anybody loves getting into a freezing anything, but afterwards, when you get out, I do. It's the best feeling. Feel if I can yeah. get through it, I go have a couple hours where I'm like, man, I just feel alive, and I love that feeling. But I would never do that. I would never do that or super ventilation when I'm going through a stressful period in my life. Yeah. If I have high emotional stress or things that are fatiguing me emotionally and my nervous system's taking on a lot, I will not do those things because I believe it's 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 too much. It's like over it's overwhelming. It can push you into a, a very state Great of awareness. I, I don't know. But then again, remember when I had I was dealing with um, someone very close to me that had cancer uh, and. I couldn't be of help because I didn't know the answers. I didn't know what to do. And I felt really broken inside as to how to help. And so I went down to Kenny's place and got in the ice because I needed something to just take all of that emotional pain and all that, like, what do I do with this? And I went and melted ice with it and it helped me. I mean, honestly, it made me feel good. So it's, I think there's so much mystery to our nervous system and what we actually need. I think that's still, a, we're still trying to unravel this, this great mystery in our, of our, our bodies are unbelievable. I think that I talk about this a lot with my athletes and then just clients I'm coaching. Um, and I think it's well known in business, hmm. but this like concept of the growth curve and I've, I've like really come to realize that everybody's growth curves different and mm. every, like we're meeting, or at least as a coach, me being a coach, like I'm meeting every athlete or every client at a different place. So, right. And I'll give you an example. Like I'll give a, a personal example. Like we know that chronic hit training and like real intense exercise, which I did, I competed at one point. Um, which at that, you know, at that level, like you're just, it's not a health pursuit at that point. It's like, you know, you're pushing your, your body to its, its absolute limits, but being really strategic on recovery and all the other aspects to basically reach a point of peak performance at your competition time. So you learn a lot about your body, but what I'm getting at is, um, I learned so much about, uh, mental strength and fortitude and what I'm capable of. Mm. And it was a certain season that I had to go through in order, like my seal fit experience. We've talked right. about that One before on the podcast. One of my favorite like, times you know, of being alive is watching you go through that and just seeing like, wow, all this is possible. Corey can, <laughs> Corey can do these things that I, I wouldn't even think I could do. Uh, yeah. Go, that was an amazing time that we, that we got. Right. To and it was, it was an important part of my mm -hmm. growth it contributed to like it's so much knowledge was gained through that experience so it was necessary and it's the same concept with the military like there's a reason why they have boot camp like they beat the shit out of you <laughs> yeah. um and then build you back up like it's the it's just a really you know mm. um basic concept it's like uh but what i'm getting at is like it, it, through that process through your growth and because i said that you know, that was good awareness on your end. Like you've developed that through your growth. And that's like what I, you know, always want to instill with my clients and athletes. Like, you know, you might not be aware of certain things in your body. Like if I have them on the table, 
doing body work and I'm like, Hey, this is why your shoulders locked up. Cause you know, your rhomboids, whatever, like these muscles. And I'll start to explain it. It's always my hope that that's starting to develop awareness with their body. Because God, the next time so that important. shoulder yep. right happens, it's like, Oh yeah. Corey said that my rhomboids and my lats are tight. So I just hop down on a massage ball on a foam roller for five, 10 minutes and I'm good to go. Bro, the type of work and, that and, you do is like when, right. when you're working on people, like I, you told me, I mean, we had that conversation. I had a shoulder that was bothering me for about three, four months and it was just, just pretty turning chronic. And I'm like, I got to fix this. And so I sought out someone like you. I was like, I can't get to Montana for a massage. So I was looking for that background in sports and sports mechanics and sports science kind of thing. And, and I found the gal and she went right to work on that shoulder. And I swear, even till to, even this morning, I was working with the kettlebells and I had no shoulder pain. I'm like, damn, like you guys, the way you guys fix people is unbelievable. And I feel sad that so many people uh, walk around and, 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 and kind of have that chronic pain and don't realize they're are possible solutions for that you know if you can seize the right person you can potentially solve it you know most of the time it's soft tissue related especially Mm -hmm. when we're talking about active individuals sure and i i've been doing this work for 10 years and i can't tell you how many people have come in and oh you know my doctor had me and wrote me a script for pt and it didn't really work and you know the next step is probably some imaging and, and and possibly going under the knife and I'm like, really? Okay. And I'll spend a few, you know, well, the first session with him and just do an initial assessment and, and, and some work. And and it's like, most of the time it's just either fascia that's locked up or it's just tight muscles that are, mm. are contributing to some tendon issues or joint issues because they don't have full range and mobility. And it's just like, it, it's, we're not going to go down that path. Whole, sure, sure, but sure. It's frustrating because we should be part of you know standard care as it relates to, to oh my the God. medical system, and we're not. But hundred percent, anybody out there, if you are dealing with some, you know, if you're an active individual, you've always been healthy, and maybe you're dealing with some knee or joint pain or shoulder, like go find a good sports massage therapist um, that has a good understanding of biomechanics. Like it could literally change a, a lot for you. So, um. You mentioned kettlebells. I think that's another good uh, transition because it's something new that I've been doing in the mornings as it relates to yeah, me too. that I wasn't doing before. Yep. Um, so I, I set a goal. Uh, let's see. I'm six weeks in now, five or six weeks in, and I've been doing 100 kettlebell swings every morning. That's like, hmm. I'll have my first cup of coffee and, and I've just been setting this goal for a hundred kettlebell swings. And it's interesting because just like anything, it's always a little, you know, it's disruptive because I used to, my morning routine used to consist of, of a lot of reading and a lot of like, just um, right. a lot of reading, a lot of edu- yeah. self-education. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the boys, I got two young boys, seven and four, and uh, they seem to be waking up earlier and uh, I'm on dad duty in the morning. So, uh, anyways, what I'm getting as I, dude, I've been doing this kettlebell thing and it, it's just, it, it's a reminder, not just for the kettlebell because the kettlebell is an amazing functional fitness tool on so many levels from strength to cardio to, uh, balance, um, from the longevity piece. It's outstanding because you're 
doing a lot of uh, proprioceptive work and balance and then also firing those fast twitch muscles, which um, fall off quite rapidly after 40, 50 years old. They just start. That's why we <laughs> don't move as quick. But, um, but it's just a reminder of me of how potent something can be. Because it takes me eight minutes and about 30 seconds to get through my 100. So I do sets of 10. And I let my heart rate come down to almost like, you know, basically full recovery between each set. But all eight nasal breathing, by the way. So basically 10 minutes. All nasal, all nasal breathing, breathing, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, working totally. on force rate development. Yeah, so it's a great totally. tool for developing force rate. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I'm just, I mean, 10 minutes, man. And it, what's great about it is, you know, my day's really busy between, you know, the, the operations at Mountain Wellness and then being a practitioner and all the media stuff we Here do. Here goes our A-type. So, <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> so I don't have the pleasure anymore yeah. to just kind of like, okay, I'm going to do my one to one hour to 90 minute workout with this all, this, you know, perfectly planned training program. Like I just don't have that anymore. Um, and this hundred kettlebell swings and it doesn't have to be a hundred either. Like if you guys are going a oh, hundred in the morning, like you build up to it, like start swinging a 25 pound kettlebell and do 50, you know, I'm swinging a 65 and I do a hundred. Like it took me years to, but anyways, I got my, my five pound kettlebell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly I, I cut back but, because that's how I injured my yeah. shoulder. I was throwing too much weight around and I think I tweaked it. So I'm like, you know what? I don't need to lift a lot. I just need to lift often. Yeah. It's, um, train, train smarter, not harder. Like that's been a big lesson for me. And, and, and it, it goes back to the seasons too. It was, you know, like we talked about seal fit and being an, a, an athlete or just pushing yourself to find out what you're capable of. Mm. Maybe doesn't have a longevity piece, uh, from, you know, the physical longevity yeah. piece, but now it's like, dude, I train so freaking smart. Like I, <laughs> oh my, you're just it's amazing the level of fitness I'm able to maintain with how little I work out. Yeah, just because I know what is most effective, and you got to, you know, that's that's lifestyle. Like we're not talking about prepping for the CrossFit Games. We're not talking about like most of the listeners, most of you guys are not professional athletes. You have regular you know, lives as far as holding jobs and whether it's a, a yeah. corporate level executive position or it's, you know, it, it's down to work and trades. Like it doesn't matter. Like we have families, we have regular lives. So fitness is, it's important to get, get it in, but it's also important to train smart Let's, and uh, uh, kind of wrapping it, wrapping it up with the kettlebell. That's dude, outstanding tool. So that's been a big change for me. Yeah. Let's throw a challenge to us and to help the listener. Because actually recently, especially with females, I've been more in tune with what they go through as well. Because, you know, guys, you know, we're, we're, we can be the A-type. But I've found that females also are, like, I, I just talking to a trauma nurse um, over the weekend. And she's an ER. And, and she she's at the hospital. takes care of a lot of people. And they got to be on. I mean, you know what that's, I mean, you know what the, the environment's intense. And then she comes home, she takes care of her kids, makes sure everybody has what they need. And then also on top of that, runs a nonprofit organization. And, and I'm thinking, wow, here's another person that's just so depleted. 
Uh, and so maybe, like you said, we don't have a lot. One of the big things is we don't have a lot of times. So, you know, it's like I have an I, I used to have an hour or two in the mornings. And so I, you know, mm-hmm. I still do yoga. I still get some st- extra stuff in. I'm fortunate for that because I can, I work from home and I can work late into the night if I want to. Um, but a lot of people, they only get maybe 10 minutes or five or 10, 15 minutes to themselves, which seems unbelievable. But that's for a lot of people, they're like, I got 10 minutes, you know, what am I going to do? And I think you just pointed out one of the things you can do is, uh, a kettlebell activation for cardiovascular exercise. We know it's essential for longevity and for well-being. That's like one component. The other reason we do the breath work, let's say 10 minutes of breath work a day, is is because if you are super activated and just, like I just described that nurse who's got a lot of depletion in her life, and we, I look at it like, I, remember we talked, I don't know if you heard that analogy, the checking account, where there's like deposits and withdrawals. And yeah. if you're just going and going and just withdrawing, 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 and not depositing, putting some wellness in there, like whatever it is, whether it's yoga or breath work or just some downtime <laughs> doing something that you enjoy, if you're not getting those deposits, man, you're you're uh, you're depleting yourself into fatigue, and then often you get sick, and then you're just like, man, I don't, I don't know why I'm sick. And hey, man, it's just what happens. Uh, we just we put ourselves last, and we drain ourselves and run ourselves into the ground. And so, I think a great challenge for you and I is to just maybe also pick apart what we what if you had ten minutes, like I got ten minutes on a gnarly day. Like, what am I going to do to try to get as much balance or or focus or what is it that you would consider doing? What? Well, are, you're asking me what yeah, I would consider like what would, doing. Dep- like, depending on activation, like, okay, if I want to be supercharged, maybe I'll do kettlebell swings. Maybe I've got a lot on me and I'm overwhelmed. Plus, I just went through a fight with somebody. Whatever it is, maybe I'll just go and do breath work. Like, what would you do in those 10 minutes if you only had 10 minutes? Well, I would... It, it depends. So, one thing I would add is, like, the self-check. So, develop going back to the self-awareness. Um. So for me, the other day, like yesterday, like remember I texted you, we were supposed to record the podcast and I was like, dude, I had a horrible night of sleep. Mm-hmm. I woke up with a slight headache um, and I didn't do a hundred kettlebell swings. Like right. that would have been dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doesn't sound right. <laughs> it's like, but with that said, I, I'm laughing because the old Corey might've done them just because I was like, no, I'm, I have this like challenge. I'm doing a hundred kettlebell, kettlebell swings a day. Right. So it's okay to be like, no, I'm not doing it. It's only can, it's not going to contribute to like any, anything good. Like it's probably going to make me feel worse. Mm-hmm. And in a situation like that, it's like, let's do some major yoga or, uh, some, it's just like good, some breath work that's down regulating the system. Um, but I, I think from a challenge standpoint, if you challenge me to do some more Nidra yoga, that would be it because I want to do it. I mean, we talked about it with Emily and if you guys didn't catch that one, like go listen to that. I think uh, it was the last, last podcast, episode, actually. Emily Hightower. Yep. Yeah. She gets into some really, really cool stuff about certain brainwave states, oh, but yeah. Nidra yoga, which is an ancient practice or it's, I, I don't know if it's ancient, but it's been around a long time. Um, has some powerful effects on restoring sleep. So like that would have been a perfect opportunity for me to be like, you know what? I have a horrible night of sleep, but my challenge is like finding a quiet environment. Like that's the, 
biggest piece for that. <laughs> it's like, okay, so what Corey's um, telling you right now is in that 10 minutes, the first thing he wants to know is what state he's in and how to read that state. That's what he's saying. He's like, it. you know what? You're, you're, you're talking about awareness and how do we get awareness? Probably the best way is through breath work and just being st- as still as possible. You know, a lot of people talk about medication, uh, meditation. I can't meditate very well because my mind tends to wander too much. So, if I do breath work, I seem to be able to focus on something and still be aware. Yes. So, yeah, you're talking about you're talking about awareness, man, right out of the gate. Yeah. And if yeah. you skip that, then you don't know what you need. You're like, oh, I just got it. I got it. You know what? I'm on this, like you said, I'm on this, you know, six week thing in my brain. I'm not going to not do it. So That's you run out it. there and go for it. <laughs> well, and think about most of most people that are, I shouldn't say most, but a, a, a good majority of people that are trying to be healthy, whether they're mountain athletes or people in our space mm. or just, just general population, like, they're constantly looking, what's what diet? What am I supposed to eat? What training program am I supposed to do? How long am I supposed to do it? Are weights good? Are they gonna like right. protocol, 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 protocol. cardio? <laughs> right. And in gosh, it's like the sort of the theme. It's like that's why it's important to have, you know, sort of explore going back to this growth sort of everybody's growth curves different and, and we're all at different places, but it's important to explore like you have to explore uh and i'll use an example of like kelby is a good example Mm. when he first started his journey like his goal was not to race an ultra and we're less than two years i think he's like 24 months in his you know journey of losing and a a lot of weight somewhere around 100 pounds but now is racing for primal and getting ready to do his first ultra. Get so his ass like, on the podcast. <laughs> Kelby, we're getting your ass on the podcast. Like I, it's, yeah, it's my fault. Yeah, so. no, no. He's just, um, no, hey, look, talking time, to Shay today. But he's just, you know, we know that he's, he's had the ultimate uh, transformation that, that we're all looking for. And I, and I think, but what we're, the, one of the points we're trying to make though, in the awareness stage is. Why are you doing it, man? What what is what are the what are the behaviors? I just had a third flash right now. All my gear, everything, the whole room just lit up for a second. So if this goes out, we'll see. Oh shit! I, I don't know the sky. Something's going on in the sky. I think. But anyways, uh, Calby, you know um, those transformations, and and, and I want to know like what's driving me, what's driving my behavior to want to do all this. Is this, is this good for me and why am I doing it? And so those are, those are hard questions. That's the deep work we talk about that we're doing right now with shift and stuff. It's like the deep work is like Brian said at the end of a lot of pro athletes careers in a lot of ways, they're broken and unhealthy. Now, how is that possible? Like yeah. I look at athletes and I always see like all these physical specimens. I'm like, wow, these guys are, they just have it all together. And then you hear the reality is they're not. And I'm like, I want to know why, what, who were they before they became athletes? Who were they and what drove them? What's driving them? You know what I mean? Well, okay. Yeah, for sure. A couple of thoughts. One, well, I wanted to finish like the, yeah, yeah. my thoughts with Kelby okay. like, and as it relates to like growth curve and, and also sure. his journey. Like, so it started out with like losing weight and then he saw, okay, that's possible. And he got in, you know, that empowered him mm-hmm. like, holy shit. Yep. This was like life changing. So now it's like, okay. And Kelby had a love for the mountains too. Um, yeah. 
You totally. went to college for it. Like the dudes, you know, um, a, uh, uh, water, like he's a mountain water guide. guiding. Yeah. On, yeah. Mountain guide, like did all that shit. And, and as you know, like most of you, when you lose your health and you don't feel like it's hard to do those things, especially when mm. we're talking about those environments. But anyways, he gained that back. Like, and he's like, Oh man, I can do the things that I loved before. But also on the fitness side and really transforming his physicality, like his body, he's like, I want to go further. But as a coach, it's important. And Kelby, if you're listening, I hope you are like, you know, that's where it's important to like Mike saying to ask like your why, because it's, it's amazing. You want to run an ultra or if someone has a goal of, of doing an ultra, but in, in, Kenny talked about it. Like, that's mm-hmm. why it's important to have seasons. Like we can't, it's probably not a good idea to run 10 ultras in one season if you're new to it. But if you're a professional athlete, ultra runner, you got to figure out how to do it in the healthiest way, because mm-hmm. that's your career. That's how you make your living. And that's how you sustain yourself. And I think, you know, the other thought I wanted to share is you mentioned Brian McKenzie, working with professional athletes, um, I don't know what study it was like who did it, but I've heard it referenced in a lot of podcasts and a lot of coaches have referenced it, but they did a study with Olympic athletes and like basically like they, they interviewed these Olympic athletes and they basically said they do anything to win. Like just going to say absolutely anything. I'm just going to say to the point where they take their own life and it Mm -hmm. speaks to like, we have to remember that professional a pursuit and a like as a professional athlete in one of these professional sports, like it's not necessarily a, it's not a health pursuit. It's not a health and longevity pursuit. Right. That is one of the reasons why we exist mountain wellness, because we're hoping to bring health first as the foundation and longevity. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if it is done wrong, um, especially in a, like amateurs or people that just like to do these pursuits for recreational reasons, you know, it, and I think running is a good example. Like pick a, if you are, a, a if you like to run and you're thinking about getting into longer distance running, um, just be mindful that it, it's not, if, if done wrong, it's not something that has health and longevity effects, but if done right, it can be an, um, potentially like really rewarding, have huge growth yeah. for you. Like, yeah, totally. You'll learn so much about yourself. Like I yeah. can't even yes, imagine yes, yes. what it's like running a hundred miles in the mountains. Well, like, that's that like you going through seal foot. My mind. It's like going through seal yeah. foot. Like you're going to learn something about yourself. Yeah, but that's true. I think one of the fears that I, I would have is because our, our ego is obviously closely identified uh, to our, our, our identity is closely identified to what we do. And so if we become anything in a space and have success with it and it becomes our identity, then we are rewarded because of our performance in society. I mean, we get rewarded for any performance that we do. And so we, we get attached to that feeling and we want that feeling. That's a human thing and nothing wrong with that. But can it become something that turns into a negative effect for you? Because now you're running yourself into the ground chasing this uh, reward. Uh, and so you made a, yeah, you made a very good point about what you just said about the, you know, that the potential for those things catching you. So 
it, I, I think it's just important yeah, to examine, why, you know, David Goggins. I don't like to knock on David Goggins, but I've heard a lot of, you know, my athletes have coached like reference, yeah. especially runners like, Oh, he's, and I think he's done incredible things, but in some ways it's, it's the wrong message. Hmm. Because it, it, as far as like what is, the way people are receiving, I'm not saying David Goggins is, spend, is sending the wrong message. What is the message? I'm not familiar it, with it, more or less. Oh my God. He's like, he's insane, dude. He's like, <laughs> I, I don't know off the top of my head, the things he's a, he's a, a former Navy SEAL, um, didn't know how to swim when he went into the SEAL, just a buds, like literally didn't know how to swim. He's from the inner, um, the inner city. Yeah. Um, wow. He's a hard charger. And yeah. his dad just... I, if I remember right, his dad beat the shit out of him. Like he just had no confidence, no, no nothing. Um, but after his time in the teams, he got in like, you know, through a lot, a lot of operators and, and team guys, they deal with that. A lot of the stuff when they retire. Sure. And, um, he got into ultra running and he just does like just insane stuff. But people, it's great because he's what he, he's sending a great message that like, look at this is what the human is capable of. Right. But I think people sometimes receive that message as like, Oh, I need to go start running marathons like David Goggins. I need to go start running ultras and, and great. If that's, if you like running, but kind of going back to what we're talking about, like it, it's not, if, if your goal is to, to get into health, like to get healthier and have longevity. Um, maybe it's not the best idea to <laughs> start running, you know, a lot like that and getting into ultras and marathons, especially if you don't have the experience. And no, you, also, you can destroy your body. You know, Let's be honest. You can destroy you your, can body, destroy your body. body. In a hundred miles. I, I know if I even, I love running and I do five, 10, you know, 20 miles a week, depending on my schedule. But if I prepared yeah. for running a hundred miles, I can, my feet hurt in just that distance. So I can only imagine the kind of things that you would suffer from that. Not saying you can't reheal, not saying that it can't, you can get recovery and to, to fix yourself. But again, for me, it's like the deep work is going, okay, what are the reasons I'm really doing these things for? And I would write them down. I mean, in the stuff I'm going through with shift yeah. right now, it's like, Hey man, Let's be clear before you step out the door, what's driving your behavior? And a lot of times what's driving your behavior is coming from something completely the opposite direction where you would or, never yeah. look. And uh, that's all. And, and, but I, and again, we love the, I love it when you said about the wellness side. It's like, we, you know, we don't want, we want the whole person at Mountain Wellness. I mean, I feel like that's one of our goals, and especially this year is we want you. Yeah, whole, that's why I've told all the you way this yeah. before. Yeah, we're not, there's a reason why we're not mountain performance. Um, performance right. is it's a huge aspect, and it's definitely a big part of what we do. But health is also the foundation. Like we can't get to performance as the the way we look at it mm-hmm. if we don't have health. And didn't you say mindset uh, and psychology yeah. is like eighty percent of everything or seventy five percent of everything like that you're you know what I mean? So we want to have that side of us dialed. Say yeah, that eighty twenty rule, which I think great Tony Robbins, some some others talk about it, but yeah, it's it doesn't matter if it's running a an organization, um, a company or um a relationship, like eighty percent is psychology and 20% is mechanics. Yeah. Resources and strategy. Right. Yeah. Something so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we, right. The 80, 20, 80% is like psychological and, and 20% mechanics. So you could spend 
a lot of time looking at like if as it relates to you know mountain pursuits or certain sports like and so mike is saying the psychological piece is such a big part like why are you doing it basically like you know if are you training like a professional athlete when you're not a professional athlete and um that's you know those are the check-ins you need to have because that's also time it's like is it necessary and is it aiding to your health and longevity totally so and that and and again circling back how do you do that work how do you get to the deep work it, it it's the stillness it's the yoga it's the breath work these are these are entryways yes. into finding and becoming aware of what your body needs when you're quiet and nothing's coming at you at 100 miles an hour that's the way i look at it that's it yeah all right last one uh, let's just group them together. I would say morning, like first coffee and supplements. Hey, you still doing um, bulletproof, man? Absolutely. Me too. It's been years, bro. So that's something that we both stuck with that we did. We, we, we stuck with it. It's amazing. Yep. And for, uh, context, cause bulletproof is sort of like the brand name that we know <laughs> right, it as right, right, for, right. Uh, bulletproof coffee or fatty coffee, butter coffee, I feel like there's no good name for it. That's why I just stick with Bulletproof because that's who created it. Dave, um, former founder of Bulletproof, but Dave Asprey. Yes, dude. It's I, I forget sometimes until I get a new client that I'm coaching. And when I ask the question, do you like coffee? And they say, yes. I'm just like, yeah. Oh my God. I got the best hack for you. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, I can't, we did. I think we did a whole episode, like upgrade your coffee or something like that. So you can go back and listen to that one. But coffee snob one on one. I think the biggest thing for me is you know I still intermittent fast. Mm, me too. You know yeah. I'm still kind yeah. of eating. Hundred percent. You know I'm 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 not breaking fast till about noon. The only difference is now I've increased protein intake quite a bit. Like thanks to Doctor Peter Atia, he's done. He's done a lot of, uh, pushed out a lot of content related to protein intake. Cause I think he took a deep dive into that mm. subject himself, which I really want to get him on. He wrote a new book and I think it'd be cool to get him on to talk. Nice. And Dr. Peter, he's like a leading longevity performance kind of physician, MD, you guys. So we'll try to get him on. We'll get him. He's doing a, a hat with melon right now. So I feel ah, like we have Brian, yeah. a little bit of an in. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so d- still doing the, the butter in my coffee with the, the, the brain octane or the caprylic acid. And then so, as far as supplements, not, uh, not getting into the whole supplement stack, but something that hasn't changed for me that I still do every morning is the, the Celtic salt with the calm, the mag- magnesium citrate and five grams of creatine. Um, Thorn in particular and the Natural Vitality Calm and the Celtic Salt, which you can find all those over at mountainwellnesslife.com. So we got all the top top supplements on the market, only the best, but that has not changed like for mm-hmm. the last 10 years. I feel like that first uh, hydration with the electrolyte um, combo and then going right into that Bulletproof Coffee 
Like yeah. it just it's rocket fuel. Like it supercharges me for the day. But hydration right up front. I'm listening to Dr. Andy Gallopin right now on his series he did with uh, on the Andrew Huberman podcast. Yeah. And uh, he's going over hydration right now. It's just because he's got the, I think he's got the nutritional biochemistry degree as well. So, but, um, and by the way, I, it's been driving me crazy. I think when I, on the Brian McKenzie podcast, I, I said he was a respiratory physiologist and I correct myself. I think he's an exercise physiologist. Mm. Um, and I could be even wrong on that, but I know he's, um, definitely in the, the exercise physiology and nutritional biochemistry, along with being a world renowned strength coach and works uh, real close with UFC fighters. That's, but mm -hmm. anyways, I, I heard the, I was listening back to that podcast. And I was like, shit, I've, I got one of my facts wrong. Then it was driving me crazy. It happens. What about new stuff though? Like what new stuff have you added maybe since, since then recently? I maybe? would say, you know, as far as like the biggest, I, I, I don't think there's anything new. I think changes other than the kettlebell swings. Like I didn't do any movement in the morning. Mm -hmm. It used to just be a lot of like, uh, just self-education, meditation, devotional type work. And, yeah. uh, so getting into a movement practice is probably the biggest change. And then the self-awareness around the nervous system, like mm. as far as like breath work, I used to do a lot more just, uh, super ventilation or sympathetic driven breath work, which feels good. But then when I reflect back on it, you know, it's like, yeah, I was a little, you know, fatigued sometimes at the end of the day. It's like, oh yeah, doing a 30, 30, 30 set in the sauna at 135 degrees is probably going to jack cortisol and adrenaline. And, <laughs> and oh yeah, I saw yeah. six clients that day and was dealing with, you know, the heater going out in the place. And yeah. They're like, do I really so, need this right now? You know. Totally. <laughs> so now I'm like, go in the sauna, you know, do some very, oh shit. Yeah, you got it? Camera yeah. dropped. Yeah. Um, yeah. So go, it, go into the sauna and gotcha. I do very, I'm very mindful of doing that down regulatory yeah. breath work now i think uh for what about me, you for me that the, the recent stuff i've added uh based some of the based on inside tracker but also learning that the gut holds like i think it's like 70 percent or somewhere in that range of the immune system strength and so i started adding more fermented foods so i, I take a probiotic often which seems to help. I've noticed, okay, when I don't have this probiotic, I, I don't, I'm not as regular on some stuff, some stuff, but like the probiotic and then, uh, believe it or not, some, the pickles, the fermented pickles, I guess they're fermented pickles. They're, uh, mm -hmm. so I add those and then a little bit of, uh, and then I've been also taking some, some of that Carlson's fish oil, which I, it tastes amazing. Like I never thought I was going to like out fish of the oil. Flask. Dude. dude, I know it's so funny. I never thought I'd like fish oil and uh the, that's they got a lemon flavor and an orange flavor. And that's again, that's in our supplementation. That's in uh that's off the yep. off of your uh That's great. our, our potent. Yeah. And so just trying to add add those you know, those extra things recently uh like and like you said the protein. I try to do the protein shakes back to our mountain wellness shake. Uh uh, that's a great shake, adding the protein powder and just some fruit and almond butter and a couple things, you know. 
spinach. Yeah, we didn't talk about the shake. Maybe we'll yeah. have to do a we'll do a whole episode on the shake. We just do another video just, on uh, it. Just blend one up, show them what we're doing. But yeah, but that's a good point, Mike. That's a really good point because as it relates to supplements and changes, um, I think it speaks to like as far as working with Inside Tracker and getting really in-depth blood work and looking at biomarkers like something that well two things one i got mine back and my b was like my my complex b's or my b vitamins were through the roof and right it was like well you know what the heck is going on and of course i had to do some evaluation of like my nutritional intake and i remember that i i did a lot of desiccated organ like complex, I did a complex desiccated organ and then I did a lot of liver and encapsulated that's desiccated, like just dried. And, um, you know, like liver is one of the high, (laughs) highest natural sources of B vitamins. And Mm. I was doing that, you know, almost daily taking a a daily dose of liver. (laughs) It sounds like you were wrestling a bison to the ground and taking the liver out and eating it like a Native American. (laughs) Uh, no, I hear but, you though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's it's something that you know, it, it liver is a superfood. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. You told you me, you know, that. It, it, and that's what I was latching onto. And but, anyways, it, it, what was interesting about it? It said like side effects can can be dry, itchy skin, and I've like like extra. I did. I had dry, <laughs> itchy skin, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I was oh, like, wow. oh, I was moving to Montana. Just gotcha. must be dry here in the winter. But that was really empowering. And um, your hair's all growing out like so, bison. It's all like thick and stuff. You're like, I don't know. I get this extra, extra <laughs> hair and stuff. Um, and then another interesting yeah. piece I wanted to share real quick, Mike, on, yeah. the, on the inside tracker that I don't think we ever talked about was the uh, I think it was hematocrine is the way it's pronounced, but so, which is, uh, uh, related to like oxygen or, or hemoglobin from my understanding. I'm not, you mm. know, that's some like other nerdy stuff, but anyways, what mine was elevated, like really high, like just on the high optimal side, maybe just above optimal. Oh, right. And right, right. they said like, Hey, this might be concerning. Like, and it said the side effects, or it said, you know, this can be prevalent in endurance athletes and people who do altitude training. So I called Mike up and I was like, hey, dude, like, what was your hematocrine at? And was it elevated? And it turns out yours was elevated as well. Yeah. Not as high as mine, but slightly elevated. But N equals one, basically, it tells me that our breath work, as it relates, our breath work protocols related to altitude training. Um, raises somaticrine levels so i don't know i think that's pretty badass and n equal one experiments sometimes can be more powerful than yeah double blind placebo you know controlled studies so one of the issues we struggle with in our culture is that no vitamin company is going to tell you the the downside of why you may not need this product they're just not <laughs> so you know i think that was part of our journey was learning in the blood work that like okay so I thought I needed this. I needed less of it. I thought I had plenty of vitamin D. Turns out I was low on it. So it's a great way of clues to help direct you rather than just reading up this great ad that says, man, if you take this stuff, you're going to feel like a champion because you know that's all BS yeah. to the degree. And, and and it's everywhere now. It's like Brian was saying that one time. He goes, man, no one's ever going to tell you the truth out there because it's like it, if, if they're selling it to you, it's just not going to be the truth. And so we... 
you know, we're seeking out the truth. So when we're carrying something and truth. We're, they're taking it, if there's, there's hopefully uh, <laughs> some science behind why, you know, and, and, and blood work to, to, to say this is a good idea or not a good idea. Well, you just made me realize that that's a big change for us. That's now routine is mm. blood work yeah. straight up. Like that was really empowering for me. Um, and it can be costly. I uh, think yeah. when I first got into biohacking, like years ago, like a decade ago. And by the way, you can cruise over to inside tracker and, uh, check out some of their, their, uh, in-depth blood workups and stuff that they have. But, I mean, the, the longevity package, I don't, this is off the top, but I would guess that, I mean, you're talking thousands and thousands of dollars to do a workup like that years ago. Mm. So it's nice that companies like Inside Tracker have done, you know, put these extensive labs together in one sort of uh, package. Make it accessible. The longevity package looks at, yeah, 14 different biomarkers and if you went to your general doc and said, Hey doc, can you run 14 different lab tests? Um, he'd be like, uh, I can, but <laughs> yeah. your insurance is maybe going to cover like two of them. Yeah. So yeah, dude, yeah. making it more accessible stuff. and then helping us dig through the weeds of like, well, what should we be taking and, and taking something that I didn't even need to realize I needed so much of and cutting back on that. So that was very, that, you know, that's all been a great journey. And, but I think, you know, I think, in the big picture, we're going back to, to becoming more self-aware of what we need and why we think we need it and what's driving all of that, that, that health. Cause you know, you and I love the health space. I mean, you and I, we want to share, we want to see people as healthy as they possibly can be for as long as possible. I mean, that's, that's part of the mission. Um, but then also knowing what the reasons are, man, is it like, for me, it's being present and around when I'm with family, it's like, I'm optimal to, to just be fully present and not being distracted not being driven by other forces. Uh, and so that, that's just takes work and takes time to put together while we're doing all this. It's true. My goal for my personal goal and, and everybody I work with is do you wake up in the morning and are excited to get out of bed? Totally. I think that's like the first check-in. And if you're not, then you probably should reevaluate some of the things that are in your life. That's psychology. Like that, to want to wanna wake up when nothing, I totally agree. That's amazing you said that because I 100% agree. When you wake up in the morning, man, and if you don't have something to look forward to or the reason why you're getting up and you're not ready to go, you got to look around yep. and be like, what's driving me not feeling that way? There's has to be things driving that. And sometimes it's in the places yep. that you could be health. It yep. could be job. It could be relationship or combination of all of it. Art. Yep. Yeah. And so, so we want, to- we want you to have all those things working for you. I mean, that's our mission here, period. Right. I mean, we want all those, all areas working, yeah. all machines firing, man. What is it? All the pistons? Mind and body, baby. <laughs> Give me the Mind engine. Mind and body. Give me the engine analogy. We want all those pistons firing clean. Yeah. And not only firing, but running on uh, 92 octane with perfect timing. Caprylic maybe acid. throw a blower on it. <laughs> throw some- oh, wait, no. If we, put, if we put a blower on it, then it probably wouldn't have longevity. So we just got to dial in that. Throw some Kerrygold butter <laughs> on top. Actually, aspirate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Dude. Yeah. Good shit. Um, So all the, uh, if you want to cruise over and and pick up some of the supplements we talked about, 
that's mountainwellnesslife.com. Click on the supplements tab. You can check out our daily essentials protocol. That's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Mike and I take all that stuff every morning. Um, and then another thing that comes to mind is, dude, we're, uh, we're getting close to race season. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. It, you know, it's, um, so I'm excited to, uh, support the athletes this season mm-hmm. and Mike and I are putting some plans together. Um, we want to attend some, some big events or some race events around mountain biking, running, um, anything in the mountain space, supporting the mountain athletes. So if you got an event in mind, you'd like to see mountain wellness come pop up and, and support the athletes at, please shoot us an email at team at mountainwellnesslife.com. Um, and then also we can get you on the podcast, promote the event. So if you want to put us in contact with the event promoters or uh, just bring it to our attention of some cool races that are going on, uh, yeah. let us know. Um, and then uh, we got some other cool stuff in the works. I know we alluded to Rose Grant's course. We're working on some cool performance, uh, cross-country performance mountain biking stuff. Um, future course with Rose coming learning some mental skills, fueling strategies, bike setup, uh, recovery tactics. And uh, it looks like we're going to be shooting that course with Rose at her place on her trails at her home. So we're, we're pretty fired up about that and we're scheduled right now to shoot that. looks like in May, Mike, right? Yeah. That's what we, that's what we're talking about. That would be the a good time period. So yeah. And I, I share that cause you know, you guys are, you guys are the core tribe listener, so kind of want to keep you up to speed and up to date on the cool things we're working on behind the scenes before that we even get them to the actual product. And then also a mobility course, um, recovery and mobility course. So be on the lookout for that. And then as always, you can find our performance breathwork course at mountainwellnesslife.com if you want to you know, start getting into a breathwork practice. Uh, the extended course, full length course right now is the, everything you need. I mean, it's start to finish. Um, so yeah, go check that out. Mountainwellnesslife.com. Uh, find us on the socials. You can follow Mike at mountain stories on Instagram. Um, and we're excited, man. Uh, we're excited for the future. We got some cool projects going. Good. Got anything else, Mike? Nah, just a good fun year. And I, I, I'm excited to be able to share these these tools and things that we learn with you guys. We, you know, we, again, we just truly from bottom of both the quarries and our hearts is we really, really love to yeah. share and and be uh, of service. That's it. That's it. That's it, brother. Right. Much love. You guys have a great couple weeks, and uh, we'll catch you on the next show. Yeah. Peace. The information provided on the Mountain Wellness Podcast is for educational purposes only and not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always consult a medical professional or healthcare provider if you're seeking medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.